Alright, Revelation 2, 2 through 4 says, I know your works, and this is Jesus speaking, I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. So right here, God himself is telling these, these people that they're doing pretty good, the people in Ephesus, that, they're, that they pretty much got it together in a lot of big areas. They're doing a lot of good stuff. Pretty much anybody that looked at them would probably say they were good Christians. You know, they're doing all the right things. But then he goes on and he says, Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you've left your first love. And so Jesus was here reminding them that as Christians we weren't called to do a bunch of things. But a lot of times it can become that, right? It can become a list of activities, a list of do's and don'ts. We go to church, we go to SNL, we do trash club, or we do, I don't know, any other host of a million different things. We say something nice to somebody every once in a while, we give our tithe. All these things, and they're really great, but Jesus is saying that there's a heart issue that goes way deeper than all the things that we do. And so he's telling him, you guys are doing all the right things, but you've lost your first love. Now, here's a question for you guys. You can think about this in your own heart. Do you feel like you've ever lost your first love as far as your relationship with Christ? Do you feel like your fellowship, your friendship with Christ has ever gone cold? It's become stagnant. I bet every one of us in this room has experienced that. And I've experienced that. And I bet a lot of us in this room are experiencing that right now. And see, Jesus right here is saying... I don't want that to be the case. You've lost your first love. Don't let that be the case. Now here is, if you just flip back a couple of books to 1 John, if you look at 1 John 2, 15 through 17, we hear this, this pretty sketchy verse. It's kind of, kind of scary, but it's so true of so much of uh, Christianity in America today. It says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. If we love the world, the love of the Father is not in us. I.e., we've lost our first love when we love the world. Have you seen that in your own life ever, where you start to develop a love or an appreciation or an affection for things of the world? Maybe things of the flesh. My own entertainment. My own TV shows. My own time to sleep in. My own foods that I might like. Or things that might be perfectly okay, but they're just worldly desires or natural desires. And those things start to crowd out out God himself. And it says that when we have this love for the world, that the love of the Father is not in us. And it goes on and says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away in the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. Okay, now going back to Revelation 2, 2 through 4, what's the will of God here? That we would not um, be stagnant. Remember? Yeah. So what did it it say there? It said you've lost your first love. So what is is God's will that he's really calling us to right here? For him to be our first love, right? And here it it closes this and it says, He who does the will of God abides forever. He who first and foremost has that connection with God, first and foremost has that fellowship daily with God before anything else happens. Ravi Zacharias said, if you fail in your own personal daily quiet time, you will fail everywhere else also. And I think that's true. Have you ever seen that in your life? When, when the quiet time starts to go, or even when it happens but the quality isn't there, I start to fail everywhere else too. 
What does James 4 4 say? This is this is a really kind of another hard verse. And these are some hard verses, but I think they're so good because they remind us to to, to pursue God, and that's the best thing ever. James 4 4 says. It starts out adulterers and adulteresses. Any verse that starts out that way is pretty hardcore. But it goes on to say, Do you not know that friendship with the world is, is hatred toward God? Whoever wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. And I think this is this huge thing. I know in my life, oftentimes it's easy to, to desire the appreciation of my friends, to desire my friends to look up to me. Isn't that true, you guys? We want to look good. We want people in our classes to think we're cool. We want people to admire us. And, and here he's saying that friendship with the world is hatred towards God. And again, tie that back to this whole idea of forgetting our first love. Think that the bottom line is our selfishness draws us away from our first love, which is Christ. And that is something that he does not want. In Matthew 16, 24 through 25, Jesus said, that it all boils down to denying ourselves, taking up our cross. And, and he says, to, to find ourselves, we have to lose it. How many of you guys have found this to be true, that the harder you try to find yourself in the things you do and the places you go and the things you buy, you lose it? Isn't that true? I feel like the harder you look, the harder you look, the harder you look to find your own identity in the things you buy, the places you go, the entertainment that you watch, you lose it. But then when we simply get our eyes on Christ and our relationship with Him, all of a sudden we find this true identity. And then and it, it all comes out of that relationship with Him. John 10.10, 10, that's why Jesus said that He has come to give us an abundant life. He said that was part of the purpose that He came for. That same verse, though, tells us the other side of it, that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so I think this is the whole idea here, is that when I, when I forget my first love, even as a Christian, when Christ loses His place, of preeminence in my life, where he's number one, all of a sudden my life seems to to just crumble around me. I think we've all felt like that. And it's because we're choosing friendship with the world over friendship with God. We're choosing our image over his image. We're choosing our desires over his desires. We're finding ourselves, and in finding ourselves, we end up losing ourselves. And that's where Satan really can come in and kill, kill and steal and destroy from our lives. And he does it. He steals our joy. He steals our peace. He steals all these fruits of the Spirit that God wants for us. He steals a life of purpose that God has planned for us. Uh, he steals it all. And he really effectively kills us. He doesn't physically kill us. And he doesn't spiritually kill us because we're going to be in heaven with Christ when we die. But effectively, we're pretty much dead in, in, in practical terms. We're not really accomplishing anything with our life. But... That's why Romans 12, 1 and 2 tells us to surrender our life, which is our reasonable act of worship. Worship, again, guys, golly, this is so cool. Worship is living a life of submission. It's not singing, it's not playing music, but it's living a life of submission to God. And that might involve singing, that might involve a lot of other things, but it's living a life of submission to God. So when we surrender our life, when we lose ourself in Him, when He becomes our focus and not any other thing of the world, not ourselves or any other desire. That's when we truly find ourselves, when we surrender ourselves, and when we die to ourselves. That's why James 4 8 says that if we draw near to God, He will draw near to us. Because we're making that step saying, Your love is more important to me than the world's affirmation. I don't care if my friends say Leah is a great example. 
somebody that stands up in class when needs to and, and kind of takes, takes one for the team. She's willing to put her reputation on the line. I think a lot of you guys have done that. But when we make those decisions to put God first and when we draw near to Him, He really draws near to us. So I guess the challenge for the week is don't forget your first love, guys. And I know this challenge is just as much for me. But to take that time this week to make your first love your, your number one priority, your highest focus in all your life, and to really have the best quiet time you've ever had in your life, I think that's a good challenge for this week, is to take that time, sit down, and really connect with God in a fresh way.